We're going to read most of it, and it's going to be on your screen there. And I'm reading out of the King James or the New King James Version of the Bible. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though John himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Zychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who say to you, give me a, a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank it from himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered to her, whoever drink of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, "Go, call your husband and come. Uh, call your husband and come here." And the woman said, "I have no husband." Jesus said to her, "You have well said, I have no husband, for you've had everybody say it five, and the one you're with, you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly." Verse 19, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. I want to talk to you about what you perceive you believe. Mm -hmm. What you perceive you believe. Heavenly Father, I ask that your word will come to life to us. Let it be rhema. Let it be revelatory. Touch our minds that we may understand, our hearts we may receive, and our ears that we may hear. Heavenly Father, let it leap off the pages. Help us so that we can bear fruit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> As Jesus was doing all these things, and the Jewish people were actually prejudiced towards the Samaritans. They had no, uh, nothing to do with them. So when they went from Jerusalem back to Galilee, the, most of the Jews would uh, not go through Samaria. They actually would go a long way around just to avoid the Samaritans. You know, you've got to have some sort of uh, bias or what we call prejudice for you to go out of your way to avoid someone. 
Think about that. That's not normal. That uh, uh, something is so deep in that culture, in that mind, that someone would go out of the way to avoid a person. You know, oftentimes we see that in our life every day, uh, that there are a certain perception uh, maybe that happens, maybe because of our culture, maybe because of our upbringing, maybe it's because the way we're taught or the community that we grew up, uh, uh, that we become in a place where we are so ingrained in our perception that we would go out of the way to avoid a situation. You know, uh, there are three perceptions that I want you to uh, follow me this afternoon. The first perception is through the eyes of Jesus. The second perception is through the eyes of this woman. And the third perception is through the eyes of the disciples. Because in the same story, the disciples uh, came back and they see Jesus uh, sitting on the well, speaking to this woman. And in their mind, they say, why in the world is the our master, uh, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, speaking to this Samaritan woman? First of all, you have to understand, if you've ever been to the Middle East or in Israel, no one goes and gets water at noon. Pastor Samuel and I were there together in 2016. And I remember walking up the, the sidewalk, uh, going through this place uh, in Nazareth, and I was sweating. It is hot. Okay, it is hot. And I remember driving, and you see the wilderness. All you see is rocks and a little scrub, shrubbery. Everything's dry and it's so hot. But yet this woman goes out at noon and gets water. In the biblical times, most of the women get water in the morning, in the very early morning. They would get up at four or five and by at six o'clock they would be there and the women would get water for the rest of the day. They still do that today in some countries. Because it's cooler in the day and they get started. But here's this woman uh, going at noon to get water. And you have to ask yourself, why is she going at noon to get water while every other woman gets water at six in the morning? I can tell you why. Because she didn't want to hear the gossip about her. Because I can imagine at the well, uh, uh, the women would say, oh, here she come. She had women five husbands girl you better hold on to your man that's what they're thinking and then the one she's with it ain't even hers it's another person it could be another uh, a husband of another it could you could be next girl and so what, what happens is uh, there are little gossips that, uh, and, and how many of us here that uh, have gone through things in our life and, 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 and maybe it's your fault and maybe it is my fault that I went through it. Uh, but because people perceive in their mind, uh, they avoid you in life. See, uh, it's, for them, they, instead of going through Samaria, because it's quicker, they would go all the way around. The Jews would go all the way around so they don't have to deal with their own prejudice. 
It happens a lot, you know, that there are things that we avoid. Uh, uh, nobody likes conflict. You know, I remember a person says, I don't like conflict. And, and I remember telling him, I said, do you think I like it? But there are things that we've got to deal with as leaders and as Christians that uh, no one else want to deal with. But until you deal with it, things don't get resolved. Here's this woman. And he's sitting there. The first thing is he's breaking every cultural rule. This is Jesus, man. He's walking on water. He's healing the blind. He's turning water into wine. And I often think to myself, why in the world that uh, Moses can speak to the rock and the rock would give him water and Jesus has to ask a woman to get him water? Couldn't he have just spoken to the well? Well, spring up and give me a drink. Surely he could have done it. Now listen. Oftentimes in our life because of our background and of our past, we wonder why Jesus was asked us to do anything for him. Because we feel unworthy of his call. See, our perception, this woman's perception is that because she's had five husbands and she's living with one that's not hers and everybody else around her shuns her and she thinks that she is of no value so that she is now isolated and she is self-isolated. She only goes out by herself and the only one at noon is by herself. So there is some peace and quiet by herself. See, there's times in our life that we've gone through things in our life and, and people start yapping and talking and that it's better uh, that you suffer a little bit so while you can have some peace in your life. And we become isolated. So this woman's perception of her life is, well, nobody wants to hang out with me because they, all the women are talking about me. It's because they're afraid that I would take their man. But the reality is she probably don't want any of their men. See, we just think that's what's going to happen. It's because people tell us, you better watch out. She's had five. That doesn't mean she wants yours, man. But that's how we, we do people. Uh, I remember uh, perception. People, you know, you, you, you have people that open businesses. And, 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 and when they open businesses, everybody say, I wouldn't do that. That's like the worst business in the world. Why would you open a business like that? Uh, 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 my friend over there, he opened a business just like that. In six months, he shut down. I had another friend. What doesn't mean that if you did it, it's going to close. You know why? It's because... Our perception is that uh, we depend on our own strength. But if you would change your perception and look who's sitting at the well, it would change the way you see what God can do in you. Oh, see, young. what you perceive, you begin to believe. She, she, she believes that she needs to be by herself. She, she believes that she needs to be isolated. She believes that uh, she is of no use to anyone. That no one would even... Well, not only is she a Samaritan, but she's been divorced five times. And now she's living with somebody. You know anybody's been divorced five times? I don't know anybody like that, but I read about it about Hollywood. I don't understand it, but Hollywood... Five times she's had a husband. Now, I don't know if the husband's died. 
You know, those women be like, she had five, every one of them died. Right? Forget the divorce. They all died. You better watch out. She got a curse on her. And here she is minding her own business. Some of us are trying to mind our own business, but God is about to enter into your life and mess up your business. Because God does not want you to have the perception of yourself that God doesn't deal with broken people. Because God's trying to get you be uh, outside of your isolation so that you can do things that he wants you to do. See, the perception of the woman is nobody likes me because of my past and my brokenness and my five husbands and the one I'm with ain't even mine. And, and, and why would the Messiah, the one that cre created the heavens and earth, the one that walks on water and clean the lepers and open the blind eyes and heal the deaf ears and make the lame walk, uh, the one that uh, can take a woman that had an issue of blood and heal her by the touching of the hem of his garment, how can a God like that use me? See, that, that, that's our problem. I'm too old. Uh, our perception is we're too old. We're too young. We don't have good uh, language skills. Our, our English isn't good. Our grammar isn't good. Our writing. Um, we have the wrong skin color. We have the wrong hair color. We have the wrong height. We have the wrong gender. Whatever it may be, our perception causes us to believe how we believe. That's true in church, too, because we, we have talent, and, and we think because of our talent, uh, uh, it would carry us. I want to tell you, your talent will get you to the door, but it's your character that keeps you behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, God isn't looking for perfect people. What he's looking for are people that are in obedience to his word. Can you give me that water right there, please? Oh, I'm preaching to you today. I just feel it today. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. <laughs> so her perception begins to cause her to be isolated. Some of us are so isolated because we think that we're no good because we have past and we're broken and we've gone through and our prayers haven't been answered because we're barren or, or we've been believing God for one thing and it just doesn't happen. How, how else does this woman uh, go from uh, having a normal life of getting water in the morning but she's, she'd rather have a physical suffering of noontime getting water by herself. You know why? It's because she needed peace in her life and the only way she can get peace is to isolate. And God never wants us to be isolated. That's why the Bible says when Adam was created, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Oh. So he brought her Eve. He brought him Eve. He wasn't alone anymore. You see, uh, I often thought about that. Uh, have you ever thought about that? That Adam was perfect when God created him. And he spoke to God. He saw God. God walked with him in the garden. But yet God still says it is not good for him to be alone. Wait, Lord. I thought that when people tell you that if you got God, you got everything. Adam had God, but God still said you still need a woman. Wow. See, God never intended us to be isolated. That's why our church, we call, we have three pillars here. Connect, serve, and build. That's why God wants to connect with you, and we want to connect with you. Because community is about uh, connecting together with our good, our bad, and our ugly. 
God is not looking for perfect people. What he's looking for are people that is willing to recognize who he is. And so her perception is, oh, I want to be isolated. Her perception is, is because of the things around her. But the third perception is the disciples. The people that is hanging out with Jesus because now they're in the in crowd because they saved. Man, let me tell you something. Rockstar has nothing on Jesus. You know, just to know Jesus, you'd be like, uh-huh, my master raised the dead. What's yours doing? Right? You'd be like, I'm counted as one of the 12, bro. I'm in. I'm in like Flynn. Right? And then you, you'd imagine uh, Peter being a, 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 as, as, as temperamental as he is, how proud he'd walk around and he's had his head, I'm, I'm with him. Better open the door, I'm, I'm with him. Right, uh, that everywhere uh, Jesus goes, the the leaders, the uh, uh, the rulers, the the rich and the poor, uh, the men and the women would would attach themselves to him. Uh, for the first time in history, Peter's doing fish, but on the same sea of Galilee, that he was by himself with his father and his brother doing fish. Now he's standing before five thousand, watching his master preach. Wow, what a sight! I don't know about you, but that would get me excited. That I'm in the in crowd. And that, that not only was he the in crowd, but Jesus himself came and sat on his boat and said, Peter, follow me. Oh, he called me. I don't know about you, but he called me. Yeah. Where you come from? You see, that gives you a sense of, of pride, um, but that pride can become arrogant. Because once that pride becomes arrogant, you begin to look at the Samaritan woman as a nobody. Because now you got the talent and you got the training, you got the skill. So they start questioning their master. They didn't question the woman. They questioned their leader. Why in the world would Jesus speak to this woman? Don't he know any better? Or what we say, doesn't he know any better? Doesn't the leader know any better? Don't you know the rules? We don't, we don't associate with Samaritans, let alone we don't associate with a woman had five husbands. Five, y'all, not one, not two, not three, not four, five. First of all, she must have been a very attractive woman. Think about it. Just saying. Think about it. Five husbands, she's probably very attractive. Okay? And she's staying with a man, not even hers. See, I don't know about you, but when, when you look good and you walk good and you speak good, you smell good, people become jealous of you. Oh, I'm not talking to anybody. They want what you have. They want your success. But they, they're unwilling to strive and to work and to sacrifice and, and sweat of your brow and tears and do what it takes. But they want what you have. When they can't have what they want from you or wish they have and not put in the effort, they begin to speak about you and make up stories about you. But the disciples' perception now is saying, we are in the in-group. Why is he going into the out-group? Why is he talking? He, they never questioned the woman. They questioned the leader, which is Jesus. Jesus, why did you go through Samaria? Not only that, why are you sitting here talking to this woman? Don't you know she's a Samaritan? 
And not only that, you're talking to her by yourself. That don't look good, man. Well, he wasn't going to do anything out in the open anyway, okay? Let me just tell you. It's not like a man going to hook up with a woman in the middle of Starbucks and do something crazy. You get that in mind. Some people are just crazy. Nobody does uh, uh, wrong things in open doors. They do it behind closed doors. Let's just get it. So here is the, the, the disciples have a bad perception. Their, their perception is, wait a minute, we are in a part of a group. And, and if you don't belong, if you don't have the things that I need, if, if you have brokenness, uh, but even though her brokenness does not invalidate her talent. It does not invalidate who she is in Christ, nor does it invalidate the gifts that is within her. It's amazing to me that God would use David who had, man, he, was, he loved this woman so much, he took her from her husband and then killed her husband. And God still says he's a man after my own heart. What? Look at Solomon. God still put him on the throne. Had how many thousand wives? I don't know what I could do with a thousand wives. I couldn't do anything. Jesus, one, Lord, one. And yet, you see, uh, people uh, the, in the Bible, they have so much brokenness. But your brokenness and your past and what people perceive about you has nothing to do with what God has created in you. For when he said that I created you in my image, that image in you is what God is after. It's not the flesh. It's not your perception. It's not what people say about you. It's funny that what I realized that no matter how good you can be for people, people sometimes don't understand you. You know why? Because the Bible says that God knows the heart, looks in the heart, but man look on the outward. See, if you really want to know who I am, then you need to look in my heart. Because all you perceive is the way I act or the way I speak. And the way I speak has nothing to do with how I feel. Because I'm a man. A man always speaks. And what he says has nothing to do with how he feels. Oh, y'all don't hear me. So you have to know. So there's three perceptions. The woman's perception is, why is this man dealing with me right now? The, second, the, the third perception is the disciples. Why is our teacher, why is the leader, why are you talking to them? Why, why is she in the crowd? Lord, why does she deserve your time? Hmm. And look at this. Lord, I was going to buy food, doing things to help you, Lord, and you talking to this woman. Oh. See, I, I've dealt with that before, you know, that people don't understand me. and They, they want to deal. And then when and while they're doing they say, how come you don't spend any time with me? How come this? How come that? How come all this, this? And they want to put you in a box and control you. But what you have to understand is God is after the one lost sheep. God is after those that have yet to hear his voice. God is after those that have yet to drink of his fountain. God is after those that have yet to know him and see him and believe in him. So he's after this woman. Now I want to tell you a different, are you ready for more revelation? This woman actually represents us, the church. It represents the, the people of God. It represents our brokenness. It represents our perception. It represents us. That woman is us. 
You might not have had five husbands, but you've had a past. You might not have all those uh, angst and all the brokenness, but there is something in your life um, that, that you believe that it would mess you up, that you don't deserve, that you can't move forward, that people hold against you. So what if you had the past? If God is willing to go to you and sit on your well and stand in your room and, and love you and allow, and touch your heart, who am I to say you, he can't? Stop getting so proud because the disciple is like, why? I don't know why. Why is he doing talking to her? Don't he know that she isn't in the in crowd? But the perception of Jesus is this. The perception of Jesus is he'll go out of his way to go after the one lost sheep. See, the perception of Jesus has nothing to do with people put him in. Say, why are you eating with sinners? Why are you eating with tax collectors? Why are you eating with those that are sick? Because the Pharisees would not allow anybody sick to touch them because it would be unclean. Why are you sitting down uh, 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 at Zacchaeus' house? Uh, why, why are you sitting down and not wash your hands? Your disciples are eating. Why are you doing the thing? What you have to understand was Jesus was, no one's going to put Jesus in a box. Because love has no boundaries. Amen. If you truly love somebody, you will love them even if you don't agree with them. If you truly love somebody, their past doesn't matter on what there is in them because God created them in his image. Because in his image, they have value. Oh, somebody. So don't, don't look at people on the outward, but look at people from God's eyes. He said, no, I'm not going around Samaria anymore. I'm going right through and I'm going to find that lady. Everybody's talking about her. She's got five husbands. But you know what? She needs a savior just like the one that just had one husband. Brothers and sisters, we got to have the perspective of Jesus. See, but Jesus' perspective, his, his perceiving is able to look through people's physical limitations and see their future. And the crazy thing is, this is what she says. She said in verse 19, Sir, I perceive. You know that word perceive in the Greek is the word called theorio. You know what that word theorio means? It means to be, to look at and behold, to view attentively. Take a view, a survey. You know what it means? It means to enjoy the presence of one. Wow. Really? She was enjoying the presence of one. You know that word also means you, you consider it in your mind and make a decision. That's why when you perceive, you will believe. We all have perceptions. Some of it good, some of it bad. We have perception because of our upbringing. We have... Uh, Perception because of our religious biases. You look at the Pharisees. Look at Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee and he wanted to talk to Jesus so he snuck in by night because he's afraid all the other Pharisees start talking. 
See, those are perceptions. We are uh, perceiving is because we are in the in crowd or we have great talent or great intellect or great blessing financially. So we think that we are better than a Samaritan. We think we are better because we won't reach. So we just go around and we sit in our place and we have our own attitude and our own perception and our own arrogance in our own perception. But Jesus says, I'm going to go out of my way and deal with this woman. Nobody else would go deal with her. The disciples weren't, definitely weren't going to deal with her. Because they had wives too. And they didn't want to be tempted. That's just my mind thinking. And they went around, but Jesus says, no, I'm going to deal with you straight up. Brothers and sisters, I've come to a, many years of pastoring. I've come to a place that I like dealing with people straight up. Deal with me straight. Don't, don't walk around me. Don't avoid me. Deal with me straight. They might not like it. But deal with me straight. I had a situation this week. It, I had to deal with it. Didn't know. There's times my wife had to deal with me straight. I didn't like it. I'm glad she did, though. Because when you deal with things straight on, things get resolved. Things get turned up. And when things get turned up, things can be revolved. I want to leave you, let's look at John 4, 28 and 30, and I'm going to close. Is this helping anybody? Y'all bored? I'm preaching to myself. I'm going to get to tape myself. I'm just, burn me a CD. <clears throat> oh, I forgot. We have an app. I can listen to it. Verse 12, 28 through 30 says, The woman then left her water pot went her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they, everybody say, then they, then they. went out of the city and came to Jesus. It's, a, it's amazing that the disciples couldn't get the city from Samaria to come see Jesus. But a woman that's had five husbands and the one she's with is not even hers, the minute she encounters him, she is able to persuade the entire city, the entire village, to go see him. Oh, brothers and sisters, we got to get off of our prejudice perceptions and think that we know what we're doing. God is willing to use the brokenness of people so that other people can know of his goodness. When we can get ourselves away from our high and mighty and get down from our high horse and get down and deal with people, people are going to be running. This woman, because she's had five husbands and the one she's with isn't hers, she's got, everybody's talked about her already. And when you can get outside of your flesh and you can get to zero, when you can get your flesh to zero. When you can get yourself down to nothing and Jesus is everything. It's easy then to speak to people. Because you know why she wasn't scared? Because they, she wasn't afraid that, that, that uh, they were going to offend her. Because you know why? It's because when you've had a real encounter with Jesus, you're not afraid to tell the truth. See, most people think they have an encounter with Jesus. How I know they don't is because people that really don't have a true encounter with Jesus become very religious. Yeah. Yeah. 
Look at the Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, when they came to the true Jesus, they become very religious. And they, they might have had an encounter with God 10 years ago or two years ago. Um, but to have an encounter with God every day would tell you, Lord, I am zero. And when you become zero, it's easy for you to tell other people, I'm going to tell you about a man that told me about my life. He's got to be the Christ. No, woman, uh, nobody can believe you. I'm telling you, you're going to miss a blessing if you don't come out. And by that, that woman made all those people come out and see, I got to see. This woman got to be crazy, but I got to at least see. And she left. And she went. And the fourth perception is this. Is when you have a true encounter with God. You ready? Yeah. When you really have a true encounter with Jesus one-on-one. -on -one, that word perception means to be with one. Okay? You ready? The fourth perception is this. Is the village people are so curious because she is so passionate about this man. And that perception is that they are curious. There are people in your life and my life are so curious of why you're so passionate about this Jesus. And if you would just tell them why you're so passionate about this Jesus, even if they don't believe in him, they'll go and figure out why you are so passionate. Because people are always so nosy. <laughs> Use it to your advantage. Use it, use it, use it, use it to your advantage. You know how it is when, when things are buzzing, you're like, oh, I got to go see this. Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, we don't know how many people got saved. But, um, but what we really know is this woman was so passionate because she had an encounter with Jesus that by her way of speaking, people were just curious just to see what this woman's yelling about. The perception is, let us go see this curiosity. See, brothers and sisters, in this story, it's all about perception. It's also everything you perceive. The disciples perceived that Jesus was wrong or talking or questioned his wisdom that this leader of theirs that, that have raised the dead and healed the blind uh, uh, and raised the lame to walk and healed people that were bedridden, the one that raised Lazarus from the dead, the one that stood on the water and walked, the one that can take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000, the same one that can feed uh, 7,000 people, the one that can speak oracles of God and tell about the kingdom of God uh, and for us to perceive, the one that can uh, change the world but yet he goes and speaks to one that no one wants to deal with they question his wisdom Lord why are you alone with this woman she crazy nobody even wants her no, nobody in their right mind would get water at noon that means something's wrong with her and we found out from the villagers that she's had five Jesus she's had five and she's looking at you. You might be the sixth. That's how people do. You know, it's funny. I, I travel a lot. And, you know, I, I thank God for my wife. She, she's a woman of faith. She's prayer. But there's people always say, you know, you travel all these countries, you know, by yourself and this and that. You know, all these men are falling. I said, man, I don't even want to hear that stuff. 
Get that away from me. Good people, too. Oh, Pastor, you got you good-looking guy. You know, you never know. I say, Ann, I got a wife at home. I don't want nobody else. I say, I'm doing the work of Jesus. See, that's how people do. And it begins to put doubt in your mind. Billy Graham wasn't like that. He traveled more countries than I did. What is the difference? God lived in Billy Graham just like he lived in me. Yes. It is how we perceive things, brothers and sisters. And this woman, these disciples, Jesus has perception. He, he's perception to you today. That he's going, you, maybe you went out of the way to get to this church because nobody really meets on 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays in, in America. That's a Brazil thing. They meet at night. You know, they, we have Sunday morning service. Brazil has Sunday evening service. And they party. They be going out to eat until midnight. I'm like, Pastor, don't y'all got to work? Like, no, we, this is our day because it's not as hot. But in our culture, maybe that's you today. Maybe God needed to tell you that God sees you in a different light. That no matter what your life has brought you to this point, God says, I am still here and I'm one-on-one -on -one with you. Because to me, you're so valuable. I'll go right through. I'll shun all people that's talking bad. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people do. Because I'm here for you. And sometimes, knowing someone is there just for you is enough. Jesus is saying today, he's the one for you. What you're going to do? It's... I didn't read anywhere that she actually ended up giving Jesus a drink. You notice that? He'd been asking her for water this whole time. She didn't give him anything. She, all she said, well, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. You know, don't you know uh, I, I'm a Samaritan? You got nothing to do with me, you know? Uh, and then uh, the second thing is, and he goes, and you don't even have a bucket. What are you going to draw with? He's like, I asked you to give me a drink. The whole time we didn't read where he, did he ever get a drink? See, I think like that. He never got his drink. But what I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, if God's willing to use a woman, and during those times, divorce or being married five times, being married more than once was just, man, you know, it's just bad. You know, divorce was something that you know you just ex you, you just your life is over not only that this woman has been married five times just think about that for a minute you know how you I have a friend that does divorce recovery he told me he said you know and we're talking about it sometimes and he says in, we talk about it and I've done enough counseling on marriage that when you have broken relationships you bring baggage even when you're not broken even if you've never been married there is baggage that you bring could you imagine this woman with five men previous that was her husband how much baggage she brings but yet Jesus says I still love you and I'll still go to see you and sit next to you and deal with you and tell you there is a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, I want to have the perspective of Jesus. I say, Lord, I want to be 
zero so that you can be the hero. And what we want is we want people to notice us and our talent. But this woman, listen to me, this woman wanted Jesus to be known. The only thing she did was open her mouth to witness to what God has already done in her life. I don't know, she could have been a great seamstress. She could have been a great singer. She could have been a great a cook. She could have been a great sculptor. She could have been a great painter. She could have been a scholar. She could have spoken 10 languages. We don't know. We don't know anything about this woman outside of she was a woman at the well who had five husbands. She was a Samaritan and she had a broken life. That's all we know. We've got to get to a place where we make Jesus known we become zero and he becomes the hero help us not to perceive our life more than it is the Bible says that Lord increase so that I can decrease it didn't say let me decrease no it says let him increase so I can decrease. The more you let him increase in your life, it'll automatically decrease you. Now look at the disciples and they were actually offended that their teacher would talk to this woman. Let us not walk in offense. You know, the Bible doesn't say they were literally offended but when they asked that question it's like why in the world is he talking to her you know they're, they're thinking they're thinking let us stand you know this afternoon as we <clears throat> close this service the altar is open I don't know where you are doesn't matter I don't know to this point your life the things that you've gone through. But what I know is Jesus is saying, take a step to me. I have a plan for you. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not uneducated. You're not untalented. You have what you need. Whatever you're feeling right now, maybe God's tugging on your heart. Maybe your perception needs to change. We're going to open the altars. Come. Just spend a moment with the Lord. If you need prayer, just raise your hand and I'll come and pray with you. There's power and agreement. Maybe there's some things that you've been dealing with, your perspective this week, your perspective in the previous year, this coming year. Maybe that needs to change. Ask the Lord, Lord, change the way I perceive so that I can believe the way you want me to. As they sing, the altar is open. I'll come back and close.